Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. And today I'm joined by Deirdre, and Deirdre is located in something that looks slightly different to what I expected when I saw her background. I thought perhaps the background looked very Londonish, but she's informed me it's sort of uh, New Yorkish instead. So uh, yeah, quite a bit different there, isn't it? That was a bit of a mistake on my point of view. Uh, the good thing is, as we're all coming into spring now, uh, it's starting to look more sunlight everywhere yeah. that I speak to people. So that's always a good thing. But Deirdre, you're the, the founder and CEO of Capture is that the right way of pronouncing that? Perfect, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is software that helps entrepreneurial podcast hosts take the crappiness out of content creation. And she's also the creator. I've got to get this right, listeners, of how <laughs> I pronounce this. Um, Virolo City, I'll pronounce that, and I'll stick with that marketing. Yeah. And she is the author of the Traffic Formula and the host of the Remarkable entrepreneur and the remarkable entrepreneurs playbook podcast so i'm always slightly worried when i do podcast interviews and podcast episodes with people who are already into podcasts because i almost feel slightly a bit of a newbie um, to this so welcome to today's podcast it's great to have you with us thank you so much simon and thanks so much for sharing um you know it's it's so funny where we where we feel nervous about some things like for example as you said you know uh, you might see me as this expert podcaster. I'm not, by the way. You know, I think we're all learning. This is a great thing, exactly. right? Um, and we can all teach each other. So, um, but thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it says here in, in the notes that you very kindly sent across as well, that you are a serial entrepreneur having founded and led seven businesses across five industries in the last nine years. Yes. What are the industries? Oh my gosh. Um, so we started in hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually been the bulk of um, uh, my entrepreneurial experience, um, yep. but technology, um, agency work, coaching, um, and now ah. software. So yeah, okay. it's kind That's of a good mix. Yeah. Quite. quite uh, and oh, sorry, e commerce. I said technology already. So e commerce is also yep. one. Yeah. And I love the way that you put here as well, that obviously in doing that, uh, you know, and I, I like to consider myself serial entrepreneur, similar to yourself and still have various businesses as well as a coaching business. But you said there you've you've navigated the entire spectrum of experiences and emotions. And we all have to do that, don't we? The good, the bad and the ugly. And it is a real mix, not just of the industries we work in, it's the industry. It's the effect that those have on us as well and our experiences of those, isn't it? So, uh, percent, yes. Uh, you know, listeners, you often hear me say this, but I'm always, always so pleased when I have a guest like Deirdre because I'm a great believer in the Sherpa effect that people have got to have gone up the mountain themselves, come back down safely to be able to share their journey and their experiences and better help other people do the same. And I'm so glad you put that in there because. I know we're going to get some great hands-on experience tips from you today as well, Deirdre. So that's that's great. Yeah, I'm super excited. Super excited to share. We, we were talking a little bit before the recording store started about our coffee. And, you know, I've got my, my mug of coffee. I've just arrived back home just a short while ago. So I've got my drink here. Tell us a little bit about 
the the coffee you're going to mention and how (laughs) it works with your husband as well because you were talking about him a little bit earlier oh my husband is a massive coffee nerd big big coffee nerd um it probably started so i don't i don't know if you can tell from the accent but we are from sydney in australia and we've been quite spoilt in sydney because there is a lot like the cafe culture there is huge so a lot of lot of really good coffee um and then since moving over here uh, my husband, we moved over to New York about two and a half years ago. Apologies if you hear the sirens behind me. No, good. It's live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is. This is New York City for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we moved over about two and a half years ago. And, um, you know, the, the, the cafe culture here isn't quite as advanced, I should say. But he did find um, there are a few subscription services online where you can buy, um, you know, your own and all different types of blends and stuff. So he started getting into that and therefore getting into um, doing pour overs more so than going out to cafes. So I've actually been sort of, I was telling Simon that I am more of a tea drinker, Mm -hmm. um, but ever since my husband has been doing doing more of these pour overs, um, I've actually been getting quite into them as well because they're actually really delicious when you're not and we we generally drink the black um so yeah so it's actually quite delicious anyway sorry to answer your question today i have um i am drinking an anaerobic costa rican blend um for from windmill coffee roasters so they're actually based in iowa um interesting interesting. interesting. yeah Yeah. but it's a costa rican blend so yeah really tasty really really tasty and i think there's a couple of things there that you've mentioned that listeners will not have heard before we've never heard anybody called a coffee nerd (laughs) now for 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 us here in the uk nerd is a common word we're we're quite okay with the use of of nerd but some of the listeners might be thinking oh i've never heard that so yeah we, that's the first time I've heard anybody called a coffee nerd in over 150 episodes. And also, I think that's probably the first coffee we've had from Idaho. So the only thing I know that probably comes from Idaho is Russell Brunson and potato uh, guns. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, from Idaho. Well, is that something he's got online? Is it something that you've purchased from a store? um so yeah basically he he subscribes he subscribes to um i forgot what it's called now to a company um and every month or by uh every two couple weeks i think he basically goes on and uh, as part of subscription he can kind of choose which Uh ones he wants to try uh so yeah Yeah. so that's kind of how it works you see the other thing i'm intrigued with as well because obviously uh, your accent actually isn't that strong for sydney so uh you you sound very sort of multicultural and multi uh, sort of country based uh, which I always find fascinating I used to have somebody used to do telesales for me and they lived in uh, New York they lived in Toronto they lived in Hong Kong Australia and they definitely had a very neutral accent so I think uh, you're very similar to that but it's it's interesting that you mentioned that in Sydney the the cafe culture is probably more advanced than New York because you'd probably think it's the other way around because, you know, we all expect, you know, the, the filter coffee of the American sort of diners, et cetera. But you're right. It's, it's that cafe culture, isn't it? That's different. Mm -hmm. Coffee drinking probably isn't so much different, but the culture of the cafes and the diners is very, very different, isn't it? I think Sydney's probably more UK based. And I think even we're slightly behind that as well. Certainly European based. 
Yeah, we have like in Sydney, like literally every weekend, if you weren't out brunching somewhere, then you were doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here we come and we're like, we can't actually find, or a brunch here is different. It's very much, much more like mimosa, champagne based brunching yeah. rather than, you know, a really great coffee and really, you know, nice avocado on toast. Type yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's like the Aussie, the Aussie thing to do. But um, yeah, so it's super, super fascinating. So here you're right, diners and, you know, the filter coffee, which is not, I don't, I actually can't drink that kind of coffee. Um, it gives me a bit of a headache, um, yeah. but because it's like super dark, super, you know, it's, it, it's probably more based on Italian style coffee. Um, whereas, yeah, it's in, um, in Australia, that Italian style coffee is actually kind of the old, that's definitely getting phased out and it's much yeah. more about, these lighter blends, um, you know, very local local brands as well. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's interesting you were saying there about the filter because I always find we've we've got an OK Diner, which is an American based diner just down on the road from from us here in the UK, and I love the fact that you can just go and filter coffees on tap all the time. Is mm. if you if your cup's empty, empty they'll fill it up. Yes. yes, and if it's busy, it's actually a decent coffee. Because okay, it's, it's consistent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's fresh, it's light. Yes. But if if it's not too busy, which actually is probably preferable from a meeting point of view. Yes. But you're going to get stewed coffee. It's been on that yes. filter machine for quite a while. So it has a completely different taste, even though it's the, the same coffee. Totally. So. Yes. Well, let's let's get talking about you and your business. Uh, we talked before about your, your seven businesses across different industries and obviously you've grown your businesses uh, to six and seven figures but you now coach and work hands-on with business owning podcast hosts to get them known and get visible and get leads using your system what's been something that's been quite significant then that you have worked on or evolved in your own business as, as part of that development into that yeah oh gosh this is literally a very very recent one um so you are one of the um, first uh, hosts, I guess, that I've been on where I've used this bio because when we launched, we made the fundamental mistake um, that a lot of business owners do where we're like, we can help everyone. We can help all entrepreneurs. (laughs) And so what we found, so we only launched Capture um, and it's actually software-based, but along with it, um, we do do courses and we do have a coaching program, but it's centered around our software. And we launched, it was kind of a little bit of a journey to get to where we are, where we are now with, with Capture, but we actually only launched this end of last year. So not very, quite recently, only it's only a few months old. And uh, because of the journey that we'd been on, we did come to a point where it was like when we launched it, we were like, yeah, we can help all entrepreneurs um, yep. because it's fundamentally about um, how do we tell your stories in a short form way? That's kind of what the software helps with. Yep. And so, and as you, you can see, that does, that can help every entrepreneur, but where we um, very recently, probably I would say like two to three weeks ago, we were talking to our coach and he was like lovingly brutal on us where he hmm. was, because we went on there and we were like, we just have a very simple question, very simple question. It's like, we just need someone to look at our messaging because we don't think we're getting the cut through that, you know, that we, we, we should be. Yep. And he was, as I said, lovingly, brutally honest. I and love that phrase. Just... <laughs> I'm going to use that with my clients. Yeah. Lovingly brutal. I love yeah. that. 
And he was like, um, you guys need to niche down. Yeah. Right. And every time we, all the marketers, all of the experts, um, you mentioned Russell Brunson, like he's an, a mentor of mine as well. Like, all, you know, they always tell us we have to start with a niche and, yeah. and we know this. And yet we made that fundamental mistake of not, of thinking that because we can help everyone. We, so anyway, because of that feedback, we were like, we need to niche down. We need to, you know, we need to find it. And that was a really, really difficult process for us because we were yeah. still hung on the, but we can help everyone. It's like, no, 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 get that out of our heads. We have to help one particular person. And so that's why we decided to help business owners who podcast um, because that's my journey that I've been on. You, you mentioned a couple yeah. of podcasts that I do. I actually have more than two. It's ridiculous um and because of this journey of me podcasting i'm like i think this is where i i can as i'm going on this journey and learning that's how i think we can help people and our clients not from a place of and i like that's why i i I thanked you at the beginning to be like you know i feel nervous because i think so many times we feel like we have to come from this place of expertise of having been there and done it like and have had a decade's worth of experience in it before we can actually help people. Yeah. The way that I'm approaching it is like I'm maybe one step ahead of some people in terms of thinking about this and that's all I need to be in order to help someone on their own journey as well. And so that's how I'm, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of where we ended up, where we are now. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's so interesting as well because I know some people who create courses and they try and build out the whole course or the whole program and they actually don't even know if anybody's going to buy it yet. Yes. And all exactly. you need to do when you're building anything like that is stay one step ahead, isn't it? You know, yes. if I can build this week's and next week's, then all I've got to do next week is worry about the week after and the week yes. after that if it's a weekly program. So exactly. yeah, fascinating. I've got to ask a question because yeah, you're right about the the, the niche and the, the the niching down when it comes to the success, you know, and we all hear that phrase, you know, the success is in the, you know, the riches are in the niches, et cetera. Why did you choose podcast hosts of business owners? What, what got you to that point of narrowing it down in, in that way? Yeah, I think it's, you know, and a lot of times everything we do always stems from our own journey. So I, you know, was told like a lot of people that starting your own podcast is a great way to build visibility, your credibility, authority, all of that sort of stuff. So it's like, awesome, went ahead, um, started a podcast, all of that. And then a lot of us, and, and we do that with a business because we want to the podcast to be a vehicle for us to generate leads um, sure. into the business. And went ahead to do that. And then it's like, well, now what? You know, now like we've got the podcast and we've been going and we have however many episodes, but like, how do we market it? How do we get it out there? How do we build our base of listeners? Not because we, you know, I, I don't believe in those vanity metrics of like, I just have 3,000 downloads a month or whatever, but it's like, how, what does that actually lead to? You know, how can you actually get business yeah. off the back of that? Um, and so, again, that was that's the same thing that I went through and I am going through. Um, and so that's why we wanted to help because we know the power of social media. It's a pain in the backside you know yeah. I'm going to be honest I have a love-hate relationship with social media but that's also because of my own journey in that like bringing together okay I have a podcast now what now what do I do with it how do I get this yeah. out there and and visible with the power of social media because I know because I built my previous businesses off the back of social media um, so how do we kind of help business owners who are trying to bridge that gap sort yeah. of more easily do that more effectively do that 
Yeah. And I, th- I think it's intriguing what you say there about business owners who are looking for the podcast, you know, for that credibility, that visibility and chasing those value metrics. You know, I have exactly the same issue. You know, I was mentioned to you before we started that, you know, I've got certain guests that are heroes of mine, that are big authors of books and I want to get them as guests on this podcast And when you approach them, the first thing they say is, how many listeners do you have? What's your audience? How many episodes have you got? They all start with those vanity metrics. And I'm going to ask you some questions a little bit later on about how people can connect the business to the podcast. I think we all get lost. I include myself in this. We all get a little bit lost when we do a podcast as a business owner in the connection between the podcast we enjoy doing Mm. And actually what the end results to our business are. Yes. Uh, and there is that gap. And I think we lose even the sight that there is a gap. Yes. Because there suddenly becomes this complete disconnection. And I see and hear so many people mention that, that they forget why it was they did it in the first place and how it's even connected. So I'd love to know a little bit more about that later on. But you were talking there about the difference that it's made to and they'll go through that process of uh, choosing the niche and narrowing that down. But what kind of results has that brought to the new business then? What, what do you think the impact has that been for you in yeah. the business? Yeah. So, oh gosh. I mean, apart from, I think the biggest thing for me all the, every time is like when you can create clarity, mm. it's that's so, so powerful. And what I mean by that is, you know, before we were kind of like, we, we had all, what I thought was awesome messaging, but it was actually really generic messaging. So, you know, when someone would see an ad or land on our, reg- like, cause we, we do webinar, web, webinars, um, you know, land on a registration page or anything like that. Like we thought it was great. We thought it was talking to people, but I think a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know if that's me or it's not quite, you know, and that shows in lower registration and definitely low show up rates. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of our struggle. That was what we're struggling with. Um, And now it just feels like with the, with this clarity, even though I was fighting it every step of the way, (laughs) you know, it's not comfortable, is it? It's not comfortable at all. No, it's not. It's definitely not. Um, uh, Like every, everything off the back of that just feels just flows. It feels like, so even when we come up with messaging, even, you know, we can get straight to the heart of, what is this particular business owner who has a podcast? What are they struggling with? You know, rather than trying to think yeah. of all entrepreneurs and all of their struggles, because that's just, you know, you then get such a watered down, diluted message. Um, so even just in terms of the ease with which we can now think about things has been a huge difference in our business. Um, and we are, we're just right now in the process because this, I mentioned it was only in the last, you know, two, three weeks. So we're actually transitioning all of our messaging from our ads to our registration pages, even to the actual webinar. Um, so we're going through that process now, but our expectation is that shop rates, registration rates, even targeting, audience targeting is going to be so much more effective because we are talking to this one person. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would say from my own experience, I've been doing a series of webinars from through November through till February. And the registration rates have been about the same, in fairness, Mm. Mm. but the show rates have gone from, I suppose, what is the industry, 30 percent 
it used to be 50 odd percent but i think you know industry standards have dropped for webinars in particularly yeah. over recent years because we've had so many but yeah i've had a hundred percent on two webinars where every wow. single person that registered showed up yeah and, and, and i think you're absolutely right there that is the result of one having a clarity of message but also having such a precise set of benefits because you know the niche that you're getting to turn up you yes. can really hammer home what yeah. it is that they're going to take away so the registration is one thing but if they feel that they're going to take something away and yeah. the value in that then that's when they'll show up won't they that's that's yeah. the difference that makes is it worth my time yes it is and they show up yeah, yeah. so you definitely that. see that so if you um want to get into a podcast if you want to connect that business to a podcast what would you say is the the biggest obstacle that gets in the way of business owners and and their podcast and that connection between the two two elements podcast and business what what have you seen that's the biggest obstacle i think it's i think you know what you touched on before um is probably where it stems from which is not even realizing why you're getting into podcasting um yeah. because and it doesn't, like, there's no right or wrong, by the way, about why, you know, if you kind of got into it just to create content and just to find your voice, awesome, right? But at some point, you're going to want to convert that. Once you found your voice, you're going to want to convert that into something. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, another, which we don't really quite help with, is just like they want to become actual podcast influencers. So they don't have a business. They just want to build a podcast um, and become an influencer in that space and maybe yeah. monetize through ads. We don't really quite help with, with that side of thing. But if that's what you want to do, then awesome. You know, you kind of, you, you know what the path is. Yeah. The thing is that you still need to market it, right? You still need to get people to Correct. actually, yeah. you know, it's like everything that we do, it's a funnel. Uh, yeah. They still need to show up. Um, they still need to listen to the podcast. Um, now, if you are using a podcast to generate direct leads, so, you know, potentially, you know, we, we might have a conversation afterwards where you might be like, hey, Deidre, I loved your story. I think I can help you X, Y, Z reasons. So you're getting direct leads from even, you know, interviewing someone then, yeah. You know, if that's kind of, you know, the end result, then, you know, so there's kind of no right or wrong as to why you get into a podcast. But I think ultimately what you want to be doing is you, you want people to, to be listening and have and have that audience become leads. And I think a lot of times that there's that disconnect um, in terms of how do we how do we actually a get more people listening, not from vanity, like your your dream is buyers. You yeah. want the right audience listening, and then you want them to become leads for you, so you can nurture them into a sale. Um, and I think that's a bit that's missing a lot of times in terms of when we get told to start a podcast that yeah. we don't then get taught then what like or we don't yeah, yeah. you know get showed uh, now what now what do we do with it yeah. um so i think that's yeah I, I don't know if i quite answer your question sorry I, yeah I no 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 you did and i think you're right about the influencers and i think you know sometimes i think that's where the gap starts to sort of show itself because mm. we start to lose the fact that our audience or our guests so when i started this podcast it was very much about the guests mm. potentially being the leads Yes. And, you know, now when people say, oh, well, most of your guests are coaches. So how does that work? You're a coach. And I said, well, actually, that's the main part of my business. And that's my target audience at the moment is I coach yeah. coaches. Um, so I think you're absolutely right. You know, you can have your audience as the leads, yeah. 
or you can have your guests as the leads. Exactly. But I, I think you've hit the nail on the head when you start to feel that you're becoming more of an influencer. And there are some people who set out like that, but there are some people who get, they fall into that celebrity sort of limelight of, look at me, you know, I've got the metrics, I'm now an influencer. But then it becomes how do, and people start, I have people ask me, how do I monetize my podcast? How can I get people advertising? Mm. Well, that is the aim of an influencer. That's not an aim of somebody who's generating leads through their podcast. Because follow up with your audience, follow up with your guests. Yes. Don't definitely. don't try and get paid for advertising, which is all very nice. And if anybody ever wants to sponsor this podcast, I'm always <laughs> open to it, of course. Um, but I think I, I think you gave us a very clear definition and separation between those two. Mm. So, and I think we should do that in our business anyway. And I think everything you've given us is something that's just appropriate to our business, whether it's a we're trying to do podcasts or any kind of marketing. It's it's the same principle, isn't it? You know, the exactly. the, the riches are in the niches. Yeah, yes. definitely. Definitely. So you've you've mentioned your your software and your business. And I love the fact that it's a you said mentioned earlier on stories in short form format. Yes. So I'm I'm a big fan of stories and I'm a big fan of Donald Miller and building your story brand. Yes. Uh, Dean Graziosi, Russell Brunson's, you know, all yes. essential guests on my podcast later on. <laughs> um, you your, your software, when you say stories in short format, tell us a little bit about that and how people can find out more about how we can turn our stories into those short formats. Yeah, so, um, okay, where do I start? Gosh, okay, I, I think we all know how, well, hopefully we all know um, how powerful stories are in creating connections with our audience. Like yeah. that's, you know, that's we how do. we've evolved as humans. Yeah, yeah, and that's the whole purpose of podcasting as well, right? We can share yeah. our stories. Um, but I think sometimes uh, we miss the fact that, and, and we can do it very naturally when we have a conversation like this, which is why podcasting is so awesome, but we sometimes miss the fact that even short form content. So when we then looked at social media um, and let's, I'll specifically use Instagram as the example, cause that's the biggest um, apart from Facebook, but you know, uh, to, we, we miss that we should actually be telling stories in short form as well, because it's really hard to do. Right? It is. <laughs> It's easy to tell stories like this because we're just having a conversation and it's kind of like what Mark Twain said, you know, it's, um, I couldn't, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like how short form content, uh, that's why it's really hard. And so this was a struggle that um, we had. It's a struggle that my clients had because I kept telling them, I was like, you have to tell your stories, tell your story. And they're like, that's great, Deidre. I know that now, but how? How do I actually tell yeah. my stories? Um, and so that's why, that's how we developed Capture, like the software. So what uh, you actually do in its current MVP form now is um, it's kind of like another client was saying, it's kind of like a, um, a mix of Mad Libs and, and journaling. So you get prompted through a structure of storytelling and you you complete you know the the prompts the the questions that are getting asked and then uh, at the back of it you get a bank of captions um, that are based on what Uh, you put now where we're heading it's super cool um, but the vision for it is we are going to be leveraging a lot of machine learning um, to actually be able to ingest audio um so you know you could put this episode into it yep. and it will actually use that then to create a wow. bank of captions for you 
Yeah. yeah. Now so. that would be perfect for me because I don't like writing things down. I don't like filling yeah. forms in, but yeah, ask me to talk about something and I'll talk about it. But you, yes. you're so right there about the, that getting those stories in short format. And I know I've got a Facebook guy that I do some work with and he's always saying, Oh, you, your videos are too long. You need to get your video short. It is so, why is it so hard to say what you want to say in short stories? You know, it is so, so difficult. And over here, in the UK, we have a, a radio station, a national radio station. Every year, they do a children's writing competition. Mm-hmm. And I, I find it gobsmacking the way that these children tell stories because they can't do it in more than 500 words. It's crazy. Yeah. And you think, how, how can you tell a complete story? And, and literally, it's a book in 500 words, and they yeah. win a, a huge prize for doing this. And that, for me, is the biggest challenge, condensing it down. So I can see the real value in, in that. So where, where do people go to find out more about this intriguing, high-value <laughs> product? But, you know, uh, certainly it's intriguing for me to get my story shortened. Yeah. Uh, where do we go to find out more about it? Yeah, so there's two, um, I guess, two websites. So one is the actual software website, capsho.com, so C-A-P-S-H-O.com. Yeah. Um, if you want to, so we... Um, are actually selling the software through, uh, it gets plugged into our um, courses and and programs. And so if you want to learn more about that, because there's a lot, you know, apart from just being able to turn your stories into short form content, there's so much more about Instagram and social media and things like that, that wrap around it. And that's what we teach in our course and, and also how to generate leads. Um, that's yeah. core to what we do. Uh, so if you want to find out more about that, then um, dgshen.com. So www.dirdretshien.com. Yep. We'll make sure the links are in the show notes as well. Yeah. So if you didn't get that, listeners, we'll, we'll look in the show notes and you'll find them there. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I think you mentioned Instagram. Yeah, you know, I've I've always been a little bit on the fence with Instagram. I mean, I'm a big Facebook fan. Uh, I get a lot of my business and my leads through Facebook. I do a lot of Facebook advertising, LinkedIn a little bit, but not so much. Mm-hmm. But I understand the value of Instagram, and I post things on Instagram. But for many people listening to this, they might be thinking, "Well, you know, I've got a a product based business or a service based business that Instagram just doesn't quite fit." What would you say to those people, and perhaps even to me, that isn't quite sure where Instagram fits when it comes to promoting your business? Yeah. Any, so, any top tips for that? Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, so Instagram is incredibly important to be on because you sit, literally search any anyone or any brand and Instagram from an SEO perspective ranks in like the top three to five. Okay. So yeah. when people are searching you, they're likely going to be landing on your Instagram page. And why Instagram is so important as well, um, look, any social media platform is really important, I would say. Um, you don't, depending on level of comfortability, you don't definitely don't want to be stretching yourself across all of them. No. But really why it's important um, is because, I don't know if you've um, read Dan Priestley's book, Oversubscribed, but he talks ah, about yes. seven-hour rule, right? Yep. Um, the seven-hour rule of building no like and trust with people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like if you can be on more, and this is why it's so important as well for, for podcast, like business owners who podcast, to actually be promoting themselves on a platform like Instagram because you need to build that no like and trust in all of these different ways Short form is for sure the future. Um, that's yeah. why YouTube has gone into YouTube Shorts. Um, but you need, you know, you need to be on these platforms to 
clock up essentially those seven hours yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because you know like because how else are people going to become come to know like and trust you unless they see the real you so to your other question about what would I say to you know if you don't if you're not sure why you're using that particular platform I always go back to even for product-based businesses because we actually used to coach e-commerce um, businesses it always comes down to you as the face of the business people aren't buying into like a lot of times they don't buy, well, they might, they might initially buy into a product or they might initially buy into a service, but really why they stay and why they keep buying is because of you and their relationship with you. And so definitely for service-based businesses, for coaches, you know, you want to be you, authentically you on these platforms, because that's what's going to cut through a lot of the, um, I guess, BS that's out there. I think I'm allowed to say that, right? Yeah, 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 fine. Um, And, you know, for for product-based businesses, you know, being able to, especially if you're just growing, if you're not a huge business like a Walmart or Sephora, you know, you're you're just, people, you need people to buy into you and who you are and your values for them to want to keep coming back. Um, So I think that Instagram is the, perfect platform for that because it's visual there's a lot of different types of content you know images imagery video based um quote based graphic based um that income that can actually show you as the real you on there and and i think that for me is what's uh frightens some people off because it it is very about the person and some people don't like to be the, the person in the business they do hide behind their product and you're absolutely right you know, some of the best brands in the world, we think we buy the quality of the product. We think we buy, you know, the price, but we're always buying that backstory that we yes. might not recognize now, but we've heard and we bought into yeah. their values and their their culture and their why for doing it. You know, Simon Sinek's starting with the why. Yes. We might not directly connect it, but that's one of the main reasons we do buy it. And I think the, the imagery... For somebody who perhaps is more of a, a sort of an auditory person, perhaps, or somebody that doesn't work in that visual way, that's where they feel it's not relevant to them. But I think the problem is we have to stop thinking of how we react to it. We're yeah. not trying to impress ourselves. We're not yeah. trying to attract ourselves as leads, are we? <laughs> you know, we've got to look at our audience, haven't we? We've got to look where they are. Exactly. And I think that's that's where I see a lot of people. They look too much at Instagram as as they look at it, not mm. as their prospects look at it, as their leads look at it. And that's that ultimately where I think we miss we miss a trick. One hundred percent. Yes, I yeah. love that you said that. Yeah. So it says here in in your bio that you obviously you you coach people, and you've talked about the training um, and courses. Um, is is the coaching one to one? Is it done in group? You know how how do people access that? You know is, is it is it live or is it done in in any other kind of formats? Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about about more yeah. about that before we move on to the final questions. Sure. So we have like three essentially three tiers. Um, so the 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 bottom tier, I guess, is more of a DIY um, do it yourself. So mm-hmm. we essentially have uh, three four week challenges. 
Um, so it's kind of a total of 12 weeks uh, that, that you kind of go through. And that's all about how you beat the Instagram algorithm, not in a shady way, but in yeah. a you know, very intentional way, um, how you unleash your reach and how you explode your list. So that's kind of the okay. three um, topics that we go through. Yeah. Uh, very DIY. Now, we also have bonus um, as part of that because a lot of our strategy comes um, comes in uh leans on um you utilizing vas to do a lot of it um okay. so we have a bonus in there if you don't necessarily want to diy it yourself uh you want to just diy the training of it to a va then we can you know um we have some resources to help with that as well yeah, yeah. so that's kind of like the diy version um uh, uh, the step up from that is group coaching so we will actually okay. be hands-on with training helping to train your va um so that our whole aim is to help business owners get to spend only two hours a week on social media activities like that's yeah. it um because yeah. that's what i do so you know i i know that that's that we can we we do do that um and then the step up from that is more uh much more high touch uh where we will also we will not only get involved in the training but we will also get involved in the feedback the data reading all of that to help guide um yeah the success of your social media so there's a scalability there then that people can access yeah and i must admit i'm so pleased you talked about the the vas when i looked at the coaching business and thought how do i scale this one group coaching is you know scalable uh, you know really good for that but the other thing is the first thing i decided i need to outsource was my social media yes and i think for any coaches any consultants that are looking at this yeah i think that process that that Deirdre's just mentioned there is so important and we look at how can we get this outsourced because for me I spend probably about the same probably two or three hours on social media but I spend it not on loading up the content I, yes. I spend it on engaging chatting to people yes, exactly. yeah, that's 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 where we want to be isn't it yeah that's where we yeah. generate our leads so that's that's so so important so thank you for sharing that. And just give us where we can go again, the, the website and also your site as well. Yeah, so um, capshow.com for the software that will just um, outline what the software does. Yep. And then djshen.com for all of our courses, co- coaching services on there. Perfect, perfect. And we'll make sure we've got the show notes for that as well, uh, the links in there. So if you could give the, the listeners a lesson or a tip they can take away, and you're giving us, you know, as all, our guests do so much already to this point. I always feel slightly guilty when I ask this final question uh, (laughs) on tips because people have already taken so much away. But if you could give the listeners something to do that they could perhaps do in the next two or three days Mm. and be accountable for getting something done, what would a tip or lesson be that you'd like to share with them? Um, Yeah, I think maybe the the biggest thing, if if they are let's say they have podcast their their own podcast um is thinking about how can you market it over and above just doing like a trailer um and uh this has just dropped you know so how can you be creative now we have a process called content hacking that helps us with this but how can you be creative and actually find a way to promote your podcast or a podcast episode without it just being a, a trailer or behind the scenes. That, that's kind of my, I'm putting it out as a challenge, um, but yeah. that is also kind of my tip is how can you think about it differently? Yeah. Okay, great. You've made me think about something now because I've got a coach that I coach and he always does trailers. I don't do any trailers, but I'm, I'm always doing different motions. So uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to have a conversation after this. So final question then, uh, Deirdre, if you could have your next coffee, uh, 
with your husband and you could have it in a dream location. I'm going to ask this in two halves. Where would that dream location be? Somebody who's gone all the way from Sydney to New York and I'm sure lots of other places, where would that dream location be? Oh, my gosh. Um, I have so many dream locations. I'm struggling to choose just one. Um, Okay, so... One that I probably do want to go back to. So you're right. I mean, Aussies love traveling. So I feel like yeah. we've been almost everywhere. But actually, two places that I really want to go back. Oh, gosh, three. Okay, now I'm like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> three, that's fine. Okay, so I do want to go back to Japan. Uh, it's been okay. a while since I've been, I've been back there. So that would yeah. be, that's like, you know, on, on the list for sure to go back there. Go, go back to um, South Africa as well. Uh, we oh. did that. Oh, gosh, it feels like a decade ago, but I don't think it was that long. Um, and we only spent a really short amount of time in sort of Cape Town and on safari, but I would love to go back and do another safari. Right. So that was amazing. Yep. And a place that I haven't been to before um, is Morocco, which, ah. yeah, so I do want to go there as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can, I, I always get the impression with Morocco, but the coffee is going to be really strong there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we might have to bring our own bag of coffee or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and and final half of that question is, is there anybody that if you could meet a hero or a thought leader or somebody that, you know, if you just saw them, you'd be starstruck or just so pleased that they were there. Yes. And I've been to a few places where I can't, you know, I can't believe they're sat in the same coffee shop that I am and you have to go over and have a chat with them. Yes. Who would it be that you'd want to see there as a surprise that you could perhaps go over and have a chat with? Yeah. Okay. So I have two um, probably biggest kind of influences um, on my life and marketing. Um, one I actually did meet last week, which was awesome. Um, okay. <laughs> so that is Russell Brunson. So as I mentioned, I'm absolutely uh, I'm in his world in his community, um, yeah, and yeah. so it was so cool to like. I gave him a hug and thanked him for um, for everything. So that right. was cool. And the other one is Brene Brown, um, who more oh. from a vulnerability yes again storytelling all of that perspective yeah, has yeah. a big a huge influence for me um so yeah yeah i'm very it. jealous that you've met russell Brunson. yeah he's uh, <laughs> he's one of the people i want he's, he's on my list of getting on the podcast and i've i've been on a couple of his courses with tony robbins and in the vip groups and got yeah. to ask questions that then get answered but not really had that one-to-one uh so yeah so that's great great well look you've given us some some great things to think about i think Listeners, if you take something really, really important today from this podcast, it is the importance of narrowing down that that niche or that niche. And whatever business you're in, whether it's you know, marketing, whether it's construction, whether it's coaching, consulting, you know, I see that in all different aspects. You know, doing that, you know, drilling it down to one thing is is so important. And I love the fact of the fact that we need to make our stories so much shorter. We need to get them in that short form format because that is the way that the world is going. People want to digest things and reach out to, to Deirdre at Cap Show as well and make sure you get an idea of, of how you can better do that. And thank you for giving your time and thank you for sharing so much with us as well. And I'm just, again, just so jealous you've actually met Russell Brunson. So that's great. <laughs> uh, and thank you very much. Really do appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on. And listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help you be better aware, better educated. You've had that in mountings of uh, content that you've taken from this podcast. The most important thing now is to go and do something with what you've heard. So go and have a look at what you can do with what Deirdre has 
talked about. Look at your stories, look at your, your niche and your niche and just think about the way that you can generate leads from the activities that you're going out there and searching for and don't lose that connection. You know, don't lose that focus on generating those leads and generating those prospects. And as always, I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.